welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today is one of those in-depth episodes where we are going to talk all about two rackets that we are very excited from Prince that are re-releasing in 2020. So with me today, I have Chris, Mark, and Troy. Thanks for joining me, you guys. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And... I'm super excited. I don't know. I've been having all the nostalgia with these rackets, but we are going to talk about the release of the Prince Original Graphite 107 and the Prince CTS Synergy DB26 rackets. So before we jump into that, I do want to give everyone that's listening a brief overview of what the situation is with Prince right now in the United States. So we are the Prince licensee for the U.S., and so we sell, obviously, on our website, Prince, and then we do sell to some pro shops that want to carry Prince too. We distribute to them. Um, and also, you know, on the cool side of things, we help test rackets, um, and we do that for lots of brands, not just Prince. And um, we do the same for shoes, um, for a variety of brands too. We'll test prototypes and give our feedback just to help improve the product. And, uh, you know, the, the better any product is, you know, the more the customer is going to enjoy it. So it's a win-win. It's a win for us. We make people happy when we sell it to them. And then it's a win for the um, companies that are making the product because, um, you know, they're making better products and, and making customers happy. Perfect. That's awesome. Good way of explaining it. And you guys listening out there really loved the relaunch or the kind of update of the Head Pro 2.0 And these rackets kind of fall into that domain. These are not new rackets. There is not new technology in them. They're pretty, I guess we would call them classic. Yeah, very much so. I mean, especially with the graphite oversize, it has gone back to its original specs. So the samples we've got to test so far have been heavier and they have the kind of like the individual style grommet pieces in there. There's no bumper guard like the original one had. It's got the original just one green stripe cosmetic. I've uh, really been enjoying hitting that one. I'm, I'm not alone hitting hitting it. So uh, what do you guys think? Probably the heaviest racket we have or we're going to have on the website. It's uh, what I like to think of as a Mack truck. Um, <laughs> it's big and heavy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of would be like the definition of like plow through. <laughs> I guess you could call that racket. But uh, it's just a huge – I mean, I've, I've hit with the 107 before, the previous like remake of it. And uh, it's got a huge sweet spot super spin friendly uh but this thing is just so fun because it's like you don't even really need to take big swings because you just redirect with a huge uh it's just like a huge you know bumper almost like you just block the ball back so it's it's a really fun racket to like try to try to emulate an agassi style of play you know just short swing take the ball on the rise it's pretty fun my impression of it is uh it brings me right back to when I was playing tennis from the baseline as a kid. That's probably the racket I spent the most time with growing up as a junior. And I just left it behind. You know, there's just more updated rackets. You get away from that feel. And uh, I'm really happy you guys named me to the play test. Uh, playing with the thin beam racket with the cross beam in it, I forgot how good of a feel that is. You know, you get the benefit of the touchy-feely uh, kind of thin beam, but then the crossbar in the throat kind of helps really stabilize it. So you do get a firm feel. They're not noodles at all. 
Um, really impressed with that new OS. I mean, you're getting power from the weight, power from that larger head size, liveliness from the open string pattern, and comfort uh, from the amount of weight and that thin beam. So it really, like Troy said, it does a lot for you. Uh, you just got to let it do its thing. But uh, comfort's top notch. If you're if you're looking for that Mack truck moving train, uh, kind of plow through against bigger shots uh, like Michelle likes to launch. Uh, and when Troy flattens out his shots, it, you, you need something a little heavier. And the only thing, the big difference for me is there were no polyesters back then. So I really enjoyed this frame with a polyester. I think it just plays better than it did with an old Syngut. That said, uh, my uh, my definition of a frame is really good is if it plays well with a Syngut. And I actually like playing with that frame with the old Duraflex in it. So uh, that, that's my impression of that particular frame. Yeah, when you go back to that sin gut, you got to string it way up. I mean, I think it says on the has the original stringing sticker on it, and so it recommends around seventy pounds <laughs> as tension. But obviously, when you're stringing with a poly, I mean, even with a poly, I'm usually forty eight to fifty two pounds. But in that racket, I'm pretty happy to go sixty sixty two, just because such massive plow through. You've got the forgiving oversized head, and it helps you dial it in. I think it you know get the control to take the big cut and generate the spin that the poly gives you so yeah fun racket i think no matter what string it is you just gotta play around with the tension to dial it in yeah i was gonna say i got a few specs not the official specs yet to go on the website but a few specs from jonathan and what he gave me was 12.9 ounces strong ra of 64 and then the swing weight was 340 plus so we're talking a beefy racket yeah it's super fun to hit from the baseline, too. I just kind of kept saying that it felt like a frying pan that just was loaded yeah. <laughs> with plow through. Like this, it's a good excuse not to have a bumper on it because that would just throw the weight up there even more. So. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm trying to. Maybe like pushing 355 or 360 or something, man. Yeah. And I think it plays great at net, too, because it is so solid. You know, you just put the racket out there and it doesn't flutter in the hand at all no matter what the opponent's trying to do you know it's just rock solid so it's a super easy racket to just redirect the ball and put the volley away and then with it's got some touch built into it because it does have a you know some flex in there so yeah i think it's a, a fun racket when you move forward and the volley's also such a compact stroke i find it easier to maneuver a heavier racket at net than i do on say a tricky ground stroke when i've got to kind of like flick the ball off of my feet or something's coming quick when i'm at the baseline so yeah Enjoyed it when I closed the uh, the net. How about you guys? I'll take it. I, you know, love a swinging volley. <laughs> and literally, this is like a weapon of mass destruction on swinging volleys. <laughs> but like so fun to hit. Um, even when you're like rallying with someone and they might hit a ball that's flying out, just taking that out of the air is just like one of those guilty pleasure moments where you're like, oh, yes, this feels so good. Um, I have to agree, like so stable, that lefty volley test that I like to give my rackets for stability passes the test for sure. And yeah, I felt like, you know, I had all the reach I needed up there to defend. Super fun racket anywhere net, anywhere near the net. Uh, you got that big sweet spot. You got plenty of plow through, plenty of stability. Even on the reach at the tip of the frame or the contact, you're still going to peel off a pretty decent volley. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, again, that racket just does a ton for you. Uh, the, o the only knock, if I can have one on that frame, besides it's just heft, it's kind of like maybe just a bunch of reaches of what I ideally should play with, uh, it's the handle. It's pretty short, uh, and that's the only knock. I, I guess that's more on my mind than the lack of bumper. Uh, the bumper is actually making me 
you know, try and play a little cleaner and make sure that racket doesn't touch the uh, <laughs> touch the ground just so I can get an A grade trade in value on it. <laughs> but yeah, basically what you guys were saying about the net, um, it's super solid, super stable. Um, you got plenty of feel from that kind of thinner beam. Um, and then you just get this huge sweet spot. So I loved it in doubles. Um, you really just kind of just get the racket out there, block the ball back deep. And then if you need to hit the touch shots, it's there for you. Um, I guess if I was going to knock it at net, it might not be as precise as rackets that I've usually played with over the years, like maybe like a six one ninety five, or, you know, some of those 97, 98 head sizes that I've gotten used to over the years. You just not as, you know, pinpoint precision, but, you know, in doubles or like even when I was playing singles, you know, you just let the racket do the work and kind of pick your bigger targets to hit too. Can you put that crafty lefty junk on it though? That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a big old spin window. So if you want to get <laughs> some dirty, some dirty uh, Chris Edwards underspin on the ball <laughs> and hit the, hit the ball over the net and make it bounce back on your side, uh, it's pretty easy to do with that racket. Now, this racket was in the hands of players like Michael Chang and a young Andre Agassi. And those two know a thing or two about shortening up the return and really attacking off of returns and having those like clean, beautiful returns to start the point off so well. So how did you guys find it to play um, when returning big serves, second serves, all the above kinds of serves? Well, in the... um... Thoughts of uh, equality. Let's throw Sabatini in the mix too. She was yes. uh, you know, user of the PRG. Um, yeah, it's funny because I was a big fan of all of those players as a junior. And it was a racket I'd always wanted to use. And I didn't get my hands on one. I had friends that had them and I would hit theirs. And um, for some reason, I was always in another racket and didn't have the money to, <laughs> to pony up to get one. But when I started working here at Tennis Warehouse, I was one of the first rackets I kind of made sure I had in the quiver. And then, yeah, as far as returns, this version is probably the most demanding one I've used because I never used the OG original green strike one. I started using and the weight had dropped down to like about 12.2, 12.3. I think I was getting average out of the ones I was using. I mean, this one is a beast. And uh, so you do, you know, it is, if you're not used to using heavy rackets, it's as an adjustment. You know, you got to sure. get used to shortening the backswing, letting the racket do more of the work and not trying to dominate the racket, kind of just let the racket do its thing. Trying to have, uh, basically when I'm returning, I try and get out of its way and just let it do what it wants to do and just try and stay smooth and compact. And and that's how I get my best results out of it. Overall, my return, you guys know what my return is. It's typically a chip backhand, almost like a half volley. Uh, this racket complements it perfectly. If I'm going to try and wind up early and crack a top spin, uh, it, it's probably not going to be the fastest serve to get the time to do that with the racket. Uh, so stability, again, you're never going to have an issue from any part of the court with stability. It's just whether or not, you know, over a period of time, is that that weight and swing weight going to wear you out? Um, but for hour, hour, 90 minutes or so, um, returning serves, ground strokes, uh, it's it's a very fun racket to swing. Yeah, I think uh, like Chris was saying, it's not the the most forgiving as far as maneuverability goes, but it is pretty forgiving when it comes to sweet spot size. So I felt like I found a good middle ground there. I tried to keep things nice and short, especially on the two-handed return, just compact swings, let the racket mass carry the ball deep. Um, and I did think it was pretty forgiving in the fact that I didn't have too many shanks or miss hits because you got such a big sweet spot there. But uh, yeah, it almost made me feel like I was hitting returns cleaner just because I had that big old sweet spot and I could just redirect pace um, no matter how big the serve I faced, whether you know Michelle was cranking a 115 or whatever. Um, you know, I could just block it back in that 12.9 ounces and just like didn't even feel it. Yeah. 
Now, on the contrary, how did the serving go for you guys? Because rackets that are heavy and have those beefier swing weights, for me, I have a little more trouble getting it up and over and going. (laughs) I don't mind them too much on second serves, but I'm not hitting always the biggest first serve. So how did the beefiness of this racket work on your serves? I had to get used to the weight, get Mm -hmm. that that extra hefty feel. Um, But I loved it on flat serves where you could really, uh, what we would call pancake, pancake the ball, um, let that mass do the work. So once I got the timing down and just kind of opening up my, uh, you know, pronating my wrist and just getting that really flat, uh, heavy first serve, I loved it on that. I struggled pretty much throughout with uh, with like heavy spin serves and like really trying to get the racket to whip around and hit that kick serve. That's where I struggled. I mean, I, I kind of dialed it in and got the swing speed down, but I never felt like I was like really whipping it like with more of a modern player's racket where I could get the ball kicking high. So that was the struggle was the spin serve a little bit. You know, if Troy struggled a little bit with it, know that I struggled with it a little bit. Uh, you know, a, a great tip uh, that I've gotten from Chris is, you know, point the strings at the target, you know, get the tip speed up. And it's just more of a challenge with that racket to do it, especially over a period of time. I'll be candid, uh, serving with it for a while over at slow high. It did kind of tax my shoulder, like up underneath the scapula. It felt like it was stretching off of there from all the centrifugal force because of the weight of the racket. Or, or we could just say my age perhaps as well. Um, so it was a ton of fun to swing with, but I felt like really trying to, like Troy said, pancake all and get some tip speed on it. A little more of a challenge for me. Loved serving with it. It was just, you know, weren't going to swing fast to generate a big ball. Yeah, for me, I mean, if you read our reviews and, and you don't skip over my portion of it, and if you do, I don't blame you. Um, <laughs> but if you actually read my comments, you've probably heard me say before that I do like a heavy racket on on serve. Um, I right going as a freshman going into college, I kind of tore my rotator cuff and um, almost redshirted that season, but just struggled through it. And ever since then, I've lacked flexibility in my shoulder. So I don't get a big uh, back scratch on the serve. And so for me, the heavier the racket, the easier it is for me to generate pace on serve. And so I tend to serve well with heavy rackets. Um, as you guys mentioned, getting spin is more of an issue. And, you know, but I don't hit a big kick serve or anything. So it's, that's, you know, not as challenging for me. And for on a slice serve, I actually found the racket to plow through really nice. And I got some good hook going out wide with it. Um, and then I could hit that uh, slice into the body, um, either on the deuce side, sort of going down the tier, on the outside out wide, and just bring it back in and try and tie the returner up. So for me, I uh, really enjoyed serving with it. You know, I like serving with the RF. 97 also like serving with the stand the man yonex racket too so the beefier rackets just just work well for me on surf so this one was right in there awesome now i am excited to talk about the next racket so i'm just like wanting to go there but let's talk about who do you think this would be a good option for is this going to be someone that maybe grew up with this racket and maybe they want to come and revisit it or do you recommend it to someone that has never tried a racket from a, a more classic racket who would you guys recommend this racket to definitely you know nostalgia and you know someone that that kind of grew up or hit, hit it back in the day um, wants to revisit it for sure. I think that's just a, the automatic uh, kind of obvious answer, but uh, it's got to be someone that likes a hefty frame. I mean, the, the thing that's unique about it nowadays is you don't often, or I mean, even over all the years of rackets, you don't often get a 12.9 ounce racket with a big old 107 head size. So that's <laughs> just super unique. So I think uh, someone that likes a hefty racket first, and then from there is maybe looking to 
expand their sweet spot or something, get something a little more forgiving, you know, that, that type of type of feel they're looking for. So I think that that might be a target customer for this frame. I feel like Serena, this is like her wheelhouse. <laughs> Booney used to use the same racket that Serena endorses, the SW104. How did that compare? Those are comparable frames. Even 11.5, you add that extra inch on there, that definitely slows the tip speed. You know, it makes it more challenging, slows it down a little bit. So those are definitely comparable rackets, 104 versus 107. Um, you got a lower launch angle or whatnot, but it's a, it's a pretty comparable frame for sure. Yeah, I think for me, this new one, it's one I would want to keep in my bag. If you know, if I'm using the one that's been in production over the last few years, this is a kind of out of spec version just because it is so beefy and heavy. Plus, it doesn't have the the bumper guard, but it's just a great walk down memory lane every time you step on the court with it. Um, and uh, it's just fun to hit the old school rackets. When I I pick up every once in a while, I will pick up a wooden racket out of the Bosworth collection, and when one comes up, and I'm like, oh, gotta have it. <laughs> and the same reason with this, it's one I keep in the bag, and then when I want to just go out and hit and have fun. And I'm probably planning on having a beer after the hit with my mates. You know, this is the, the racket that's that's going to probably come out of the bag. Yeah, I could see uh, Chris bringing back the mullet and maybe some, <laughs> some uh, cut-off jean shorts, you know? Yeah, maybe we need to have like a Friday Devil's League nostalgia version. <laughs> I can only play with old rackets. Uh, yeah, I agree with everyone here. It's just a blast of a racket. Obviously, the nostalgia is going to pull you towards it. And, uh, you know, if it's a person that likes to let the racket do its thing, like you guys said, uh, you know, it, it, I think it teaches you. It helps groom your uh, ground strokes a little bit, almost like the way a baseball player would swing a heavier racket with a donut on it to kind of help groove the swing path. Uh, I think it's a fabulous racket for a variety of reasons. Um, probably going to play dingles with it today. It's just great from the back. Nice. You know, it's just, uh, from anywhere, it's a, it's a blast to swing and uh, it'll, it'll help clean up your uh, half volleys. You're going to be a little more careful with that paint job. Now, you guys kind of mentioned it already, and I'm going to probably gush a little bit about Singa in a few minutes, but what was your favorite string combination in this racket or string setup? For me, um, I like to sit with a poly. Just helped rein in the plow through power, the oversized power, the open string bed power. You know, there's a lot of things working in that uh, racket to push push the ball deep. And um, and so for me, uh, poly at about 62 pounds. Mm. Um, yeah, pick your favorite poly. You probably know what mine are. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and you're good to go. Ditto. Yeah, pretty much uh, any poly I tried. Um, I like. I'd probably go you know upper 50s, but I, I tend to string lower. Um, than most of the other play testers. And then also because the head size so big and the open string pattern, I didn't find like Booney kind of says with tighter string patterns that it had to be a shaped poly, mm -hmm. uh, round poly, good classic control oriented poly. And I was still getting plenty of spin. You throw in a shaped poly and you just get massive top spin. So Cool. Okay. We're going to go to the next one. This one's my favorite. <laughs> and I couldn't get this. I still can't get this jacket out of my hands. But the... CTS Energy DB26. Oh my gosh, it's all it's talk about nostalgia. I'm a little bit younger than Chris and Mark. So this one came out in 1992. And for me, the second I put it in my hands, I'm literally transformed back into the 90s, like at my clinics doing my 10 balls at the baseline. And this racket is everything that I, I love in a racket. It's 12.2 ounces strong. 326 swing weight, which is a little lower than what I've been normally been playing with. And then a 16 by 18 string pattern with that Prince CTS beam. So <laughs> I'll let you guys chime in. How did you guys like this racket? So when this racket came out, God, I was... Where were you at? 
I was <laughs> where are you at? <laughs> I was training at the Nick Bolletary Tennis Academy in Florida and I had a mullet <laughs> and I was using the Donate Pro One Oversize and I was trying to follow in Andre's footsteps. Um, but I remember uh, quite a few. I mean, it was a really popular racket back then. A lot of people were using it and I never hit one. I didn't hit one until um, this re-release. Same. And the first time I hit it, I was like, wow, I missed out. This is a great playing racket. And I, now, you know, it was like kind of light bulb moment. I was like, oh, this is why all those people were using it back in the day. So, yeah, I was uh, stoked when Prince re-released this one. That just gave me a chance to, to hit something I missed out on back in the day. I actually didn't miss out on this back in the day. Um, and I didn't have a mullet, but I did have kind of like that ponytail with receding hairline at the time. So we want to compare uh, quirky hairstyles. We can do that. Uh, I, I feel like both these rackets, uh, the 107 and this uh, DB26, they, they came out of a time capsule. It's like hermetically sealed from 1992, uh, never strung or anything like that. They play exactly the way they did back then. Um, but, uh, you know, and again, with the with the uh, Duraflex in it, they actually played really well and I enjoyed it. It literally brought me back to around that time. Uh, would I prefer it with a polyester? Absolutely. But yeah, just a, a fabulous racket. Troy, we know you picked up tennis a little later than some of us and you probably weren't into tennis in the 90s. No, 92, I was probably either at Little League practice or trying on my first uh, football uniform. But um, but yeah, I never I never even really knew about this racket I mean, when I started working here, I got into the history of rackets and going back. And I I'd had a couple customers over the years name drop this frame. And I'm like, CTS, what? 26? Is it a junior racket? <laughs> I didn't really know much about it. But as soon as I hit it, um, I, I love, love the spec, the, the weight of it, nice and solid. Um, the first thing that surprised me, because I actually strung up our first one, and it's a 1618 pattern, but the center mains and like even the some of the uh, center crosses is really tight. It almost plays like an 1819 or like a, almost close to an 1820. So uh, for being a 1618, it's actually a pretty uh, really dense string pattern. Lots of control from that, but um, nice weight, solid racket. I, I love the look of it, the kind of vintage look. And I also was surprised that it kind of has a thicker beam. It has the CTS tapered, but uh, up at the tip, it's it's nice and chunky kind of giving you that nice stable feel at the tip of the frame. Yeah, it kind of plays like maybe like what I would think like a classic. It's kind of like a, a pure strike type of frame or something like that, but way from way back. So it's kind of it's kind of unique, kind of cool. Now, Troy, you mentioned uh, the string bed in that one, and I thought this racket was somewhat string sensitive. And Michelle, I know you want to share some <laughs> string info on this one with us, so go ahead. Well, I – have hit this racket extensively over probably the past two months and have tried several different string combinations and I keep coming back to Sin Gut. And for whatever reason, again, maybe it's that nostalgic play. I've tried my favorite string, which is a poly in there. I've tried synthetic gut. I've tried other polys. I'm going to go that this racket is meant to be played with a Sin Gut. I don't know how you guys feel. Of course, durability is not great, but you know we're at Tennis Warehouse, so... I agree with you. I think with a poly, um, I have to string the poly way down in this racket for it to feel like the string bed is nice and open and forgiving. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if the, the poly is even remotely too tight, I find the upper portion of the hoop to kind of die on me a little bit. Um, but with a with a Singa, it it's lively everywhere and it feels good. And then with the poly, I just got to go maybe with a softer, livelier poly than I would traditionally go with. I'm a big fan of Vocal Cyclone, not so much of Cyclone Tour because the Tour version is just so springy. 
But in this racket, it feels right. And I think something a little softer and springier for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, also, that plays well. Also, anyone that grew up playing with synthetic gut, straightening those strings is like, I'm so happy to go back there. It used to be part of my like routine in between points. And there was one day I played with it so much and was actually trying to get my strings to break. So moving them a lot. And the next day, my fingers were a little sore. And it's just like, I don't know. That's just, again, it's just all the nostalgia for me. So that's not from just having to restring the Duraflex so many times? <laughs> I didn't get the worst durability out of it, but it's not, it's definitely breaking. <laughs> um, I could continue to gush about this dragon, you guys. I literally off the ground, kind of like what Troy was alluding to with the string pattern. It's perfect for big hitters that are looking for a little bit of control and still want to hit out. Um, I also have to admit, I did try adding weight because I thought, Maybe I'd gel with it at a higher swing weight, but as is stock form, that 326 swing weight is awesome. You can still accelerate through. It's such a stable racket. So even if you've got a big hitter pushing you back, you can take that short backswing, accelerate forward. Jennifer Cavriotti seemed to make it work for her, and I love her game. So I'll let someone else <laughs> I'll let someone else talk. Yeah, I like the feel of it too. Um, I've hit a you know many different Prince rackets with the with the double bridge, the DB kind of that gel right there at the throat. And um, I've liked all of them with the exception of the more DB, which wasn't a good racket. I think you could have taken the DB in or out of that one. It still wasn't going to help it. Um, but all the other ones uh, have, been, have played great. And the feel of it is really nice. It's a solid racket. Um, it plays with a dampened kind of response, but you can still get a really good concept of where the ball is going. You get, you know, I can judge the launch angle. I can feel the drop shots with it. So, uh, yeah. One of the things that impressed me probably the most was just the overall feel of the racket, their contact. Hey, Chris, would you draw any um, similarities to like, because I, I didn't play with this one way back, but like I did get to try like the Prince uh, Response 97 that we had a remake of. And even like, I think it's called like the TT Warrior, like the white one, kind of like the rafter rackets. Any any similarities to those kind of? Yes, very much so. I think those are slightly crisper than this one. But uh, yeah, if you like those, you're going to like this. It's going it, to, you know, what you can do with a ball is very, very similar as far as power, spin. Um, and I just think this one has a, a slightly more dampened feel to it. Those were a little bit crisper feeling, but, uh, you know, that's a, a, a really easy adjustment to make. Yeah, nice. I forgot that Capriati played with that frame. I remember uh, the approaches as well. I think that was one of the rafter rackets. They're all just outstanding playing frames and uh, yeah the tt warrior i always felt like that was like a almost an early modern player's frame didn't uh Gersty used to uh use that racket yeah yeah a bunch of people did i mean it was right there it wasn't far off of like a pure drive spec really and uh yeah it was one of those early kind of modern you know players racket slash kind of tweeners so uh, yeah this one i think is a bit beefier feeling and um but yeah really really nice spec good good feeling racket how did you guys find it on serves and returns and the rest of the court? I <laughs> clearly <laughs> didn't have any issues and literally could name this my next number one racket, racket of choice. I was kind of joking that it's crazy to think that a racket that launched in the early 90s is still relevant today and for today's game. I think modern players could still get a lot of juice out of it and players that grew up with a longer game would still also love it. So. 
it's really cool for me to see that technology from 1992 is still such a strong force and can still be an amazing racket. Yeah, I mean, um, as a racket that you're saying, Michelle, like you could transition to, is there anything that stands out about it from maybe your RF-97 or like the Prestige Pro that you've been hitting a lot of? I mean, is there is it kind of just fall in line with those for you or do anything easier for you? Yeah, I think like I've said with the Prestige Pro, the reason why I started gravitating towards that one was it kind of felt like an easier version of an RF where it was still stable, but I could swing fast and just keep my, you know, like any big ball penetrating through the baseline, I could still just kind of block and swing forward instead of having to move back and defend. And I think that's where this racket comes in is that lower swing weight for me. I'm still able to generate a lot of my own power but because it's 12.2 ounces, it is so stable for me, at least. I didn't have any stability issues. Nice. So you're getting that that faster feel, but you still feel like it's plenty stable. It's, totally. Yeah. And like, even with a sin gut, there's a few times where I'm like, okay, maybe that ball went an inch out and it wouldn't have done that with a poly, but I can up the tension a little on the sin gut. And like, I had no spin issues with the sin gut, like everything was just dialed in. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit dizzied by how many nice rackets there are, uh, not just from Prince, definitely a lot of fun to swing rackets from Prince. Uh, that would be one that I'd be really happy changing to. It's just probably kind of like the, the Pro Tour 2.0. It's at the upper limits of what I can swing for all the shots I need to hit on the tennis court. It really complements my game. Um, like Chris says, he likes heavier rackets on serves, so I get you know a little bit of an easier time with pace that way. But trying to play ping pong, ping pong from the baseline with that heavy of a racket uh, can be a chore after after a while. And that uh, is, after all, kind of my style. I'll get to the net, but I'm doing most of the work at the baseline. But uh, overall, just you know, one among many really nice Prince frames to swing. Yeah, I was 19 when the racket came out, so it doesn't feel like I have to feel you know think that far back for it to be. CTS, the latest thing from Prince. Um, and it's good to see it's still around. You know, I mean, if you look at the beam shape on the Phantoms, they have the taper from the tip down to the shaft of the racket. And so, uh, you know, it is obviously a technology worked back then, still works today. And uh, yeah, I think just goes to prove a point when the, a racket's a good playing racket, it's always a good playing racket. And string technology has changed a little bit, but we find what was... <laughs> The uh, string of choice back in the day still is uh, a good choice in this racket today. So yeah, it's it's um, it's been a really fun play test for me. This one to hit it with so many different strings and and uh, and then just to find out what it was all about, what all that buzz was about back in the day. So see, who was the the player? Was it the Mosquito that was doing pretty darn well with the kind of an older technology Prince Graphite racket around two thousand or two thousand one? It's not of the last. Yeah, he was using a, he always used a long body, so he used that graphite long body. Yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say, I'm putting a disclaimer out there. I am in search of the old Prince Precision Equipe long bodies because that's what I grew X -Man up on. Racket. Yes. <laughs> Melise's racket. I have an Equipe. It's a kind of that red, yellow, black fade. Yes. I have one of those. It's not extended. Oh, I need the extended one. I mean, I don't <laughs> need it. Well, I do need it. <laughs> But yeah, and speaking of Malise, he like I can go one degree of separation here. He dated Capriotti for a little bit, and Capriotti is the DB26. <laughs> yeah, I actually got that racket from John Hale back in the 90s when I lived in LA. No way. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. I still have that racket. So yeah, if you want it, I'll bring it in. Oh, I'd love to see it. I wish I kept mine, but 
I was a Prince-sponsored player in juniors, and that's what I was playing with, and I had no idea. But that kind of, I kind of wanted to bring that up too. Back in the day, it was so cool. There were so many Prince-sponsored players from Rafter to Capriotti, and, you know, they were just kind of taking the tour by storm with this technology and these rackets. And it would be nice to see Prince kind of get a revival in the market. It would. It'd be good to see them um, used more on tour. I know there are some uh, lower-ranked players Use them again, and obviously we have big John Isner serving bombs with his beast long body. But yeah, it would be good to see more players using it. I think they're making great new rackets now. If, you know, if you haven't tried the Phantoms, definitely worth hitting their super plush, silky smooth feeling rackets. The Tours are a little bit more modern in their response um, too, so they're well worth a hit if you're looking for that modern playing racket that's that's still got some touch and feel and control to it. Um, and then to you know have all these great classics coming back that remind us of where Prince were back in the day as far as playability and on tour. So, yeah, good times. Yeah, this uh, this DB26, uh, you know, it's a classic, came out in 92 or whatever, but it, to me I was I was really surprised that it plays like a modern player frame. So they made this frame back then, but it's got that, like, solid, stable feel of, like, to me, like a pure strike tour, um, but it's got a little bit more feel and precision, kind of like a Pro Staff 97. So throwback frame but man they were making a, a modern feeling players racket way back then which is pretty impressive i think it's pretty cool did you have a string that you liked best in it troy i would probably find a way to keep a poly in it um and i mean i string pretty low uh, in general i string around 45 this one because the strings are so tight in the center mains uh i would probably go like a 1.20 1.15 really thin shaped um you know nice feeling co-poly and I'd probably be stringing it down in that 40, 40, 42 kind of open up the sweet spot. But, um, I did get to hit with the, the sin gut. I thought it felt great with the sin gut. And I, I think I would even like to try maybe some hybrids in here or in this racket to see how that works out too. I think that would be a fun experiment. Hey, Troy. Yeah. Is that uh, reference tension number? Is that off the constant pull or off our mechanicals? That's off a uh, uh, lockout Prince Neos. So pretty pretty low on a on a electronic. You know, I'd be down in the probably upper upper high thirties <laughs> with something like that because those yield a, a slightly tighter tighter tension. High thirties that doesn't compute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point you make there, Booney. I know a lot of people. Um, are used to getting their rackets strung on a constant pull machine. They're really popular. Most a lot of stringers using. We do use lockouts here, and so if you're ordering a racket from Tennis Warehouse, I would consider bumping up. If you know that you're a regular stringer or you string your own rackets and you use a constant pull, yeah, bump it up three to four pounds um, when you order from us, just because we use a lockout, and uh, so you don't get that constant tension pull on the string, and, and there is a difference when it when it comes off the stringer. Yeah, and for those. Uh People listening that maybe don't know what constant pull means, just uh, he, he means uh, uh, electronic, computerized, digital technology machine versus a, a mechanical crank, which is the lockout. We could do a whole podcast on stringing setups and stringers and at-home stringing and all of the above. We might have to do that. <laughs> Michelle, have you speaking of string? Have you tried the rainbow print string oh, in the, the prism in the MG? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the string that's meant to be in this racket. I mean, I am bringing the female energy to this podcast, but like even the DB26 has that little sparkle, like that 90s like vibe in the paint, that teal color, um the rainbow print strings. We have 
not only a rainbow sin gut option, but we also have a poly option. So it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the Diablo prisms could poly. You can, uh, doesn't matter which way you put it, you got a rainbow in your racket. Because right? <laughs> it is two separate half sets in that. Yeah. When I think of uh, Chris hitting the wall, the graphite 107 with a mullet and jean shirt, <laughs> I, I could see Michelle with the DV26 with the rainbow string and uh, rocking pigtails. Like like she'd be like eight years old out there on the tennis court. <laughs> I was going to say, my um, hair all poofy, just like it is now. Um, probably held back with a scrunchie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really excited to film this video because I have the Capriotti skirt and I have nail polish that matches the racket. So... <laughs> Get excited. We just need to get some uh, some high top print shoes or something, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh, I used to wear those. <laughs> because I was getting shoes from Prince too. And I used to have, they were o- they only came in white and black. And it was like, oh, if people think the T22 looks heavy, <laughs> those shoes back then, I can't remember what they were called. But if I saw them, yeah. <laughs> Walk down memory lane. <laughs> They're chunky. They're chunky is the right word. <laughs> They got. They must have been like NFS something. Oh gosh, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna be googling. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I know I brought it in the other day. I used to have a print string that was called Control Freak. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but it was. It was some sort of promise to be more. Um, more durable than regular sin gut. So I'll have to find it again. We'll have to take a closer look, but. It's cool to see how the sport has changed and come forward. And, you know, we have polys that are so many different options now, whereas we didn't have that at all. But we still see awesome rackets that hold up. So it's fun. Anyways, I wanted to end this episode by asking Chris, actually, if you can give us any sneak peeks or info on anything coming soon from Prince that we can get excited about. I know you touched on some rackets already, but. Yeah, so there's some going to be some additions to the Phantom line, which are, we've been hitting, which are really fun. Um, and then if you are a fan of extended length rackets and you like the POG long body that used to be around, I think you're going to really like what's coming from Prince in a little bit. So uh, yeah, I've been hitting some really nice rackets. Also been hitting some stuff that's further out, which we can't really talk about. And it, some of it feels really good to go. Some of it's still kind of getting dialed in. Um, but yeah, some really nice playing rackets. I think the playability has been really impressive from Prince. And one of the fun things of when you, you know, no matter what the brand is, when you get to meet the people that are designing the product and, you know, when you, you start, you know, talking the same language and you're both looking for the same kind of response on court, it, it makes it really fun. And um, we've definitely found that with the Prince brand. So, yeah, it's been a fun time. Can I say I'm, I'm so glad that you said that uh, because I thought this was just a classic Prince racket podcast. You said we were relegated to two rackets. Oh my gosh. There's <laughs> that I would just love to opine about. Uh, now I can exhale. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Boonie, what's your thoughts on an extended situation that's not classic, but more modern? Wow. Uh, you know, if I could be really picky about that DB26, uh, I might say just drop, put it on a graphite diet ever so slightly, and then an, add an extra half inch of length on there. That's being really picky, but uh, yeah, there are some rackets coming through the pipeline that uh, may fit that description with even a little extra length than that on it. And uh, I think I'm probably going to get in trouble talking too much more about it. I, I got to <laughs> on the Dingles Court here shortly. So, well, if you were to compare this racket that may be coming out with the one that used to be out, have you hit them side by side? I have. 
And uh, I would probably uh, go for that longer length one as much as I really enjoy playing with both. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to really follow uh, your all's advice, get those strings pointed at the target, get it through. And though it is a longer racket, uh, the reward is immense. Uh, so I'm, I'm really impressed with a lot of these rackets. You know, tennis is all about having fun. And I'll go ahead and play with the pain. I, I want to have fun in the performance. But if I can have the performance and the fun without so much or maybe no pain, um, I'm all in. And uh, that, that seems to be the story with a lot of these rackets, uh, extended length or not. And if we're, you know, we're talking about extended length rackets, do you find it more of a, an adjustment? Because I, th- I find like stepping up to a 27.5 inch racket, it, you know, I feel like I adjust pretty quickly. A 28 inch long racket, um, I, I do find there's a bit of adjustment period there. Takes more than a day to learn for sure. Uh, it just, it really makes me, uh, again, I'm having fun. It makes me want to be a better player. Uh, there is that one drawback with the length, but I feel like I'm, I'm overcoming it overall. You guys have to be the judge in the end. Perception is reality. But yeah, I really feel like, you know, some of you all watching some huge shots. And uh, one of the things I will say about this racket is, you know, I, I really uh, would challenge somebody to show me a more stable racket at that same weight. So whatever this weight of racket turns out to be, that extra stability that you're afforded with that length. Uh, really takes it to another level where I'm just, you know, I, I am what I am. Like Popeye, I can't swing that RF racket for, for very much time. Uh, but you add the extra length and drop the weight. Just love it. Troy, you got anything to chime in on on all that? No, I think it's been covered. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the frames that they are alluding to um, are going to be pretty sweet. So uh, looking forward to those coming out. And, uh, yeah, really, really good filling frames. I mean, Phantom rackets are, are great filling frames, and these kind of just fall right in line. Look great, so yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I still haven't hit with one of the ones that they're talking about because, but I keep hearing amazing things. So I'm gonna have to arm wrestle Booney to get that racket. Is there an old guy hoarding it or something? <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> he's making me jealous of like some of the rackets and shoes he's been play testing. I don't want to say I'm scared. To know what you'll be able to do with that racket. Uh, but yeah, it's somewhere along those lines. It is. Uh, to, to give people a, a little insight into life at T-Dub, it's mm-hmm. funny when a, a really good playing racket, racket plays really well, comes in. It's tough to get it. It's always it's always in someone's hand and on court. And you you know we have a racket wall in the web editing office, and that's where all the playtest rackets are hanging. And we have a special cubby for the stuff that's being reviewed. So uh, the other stuff is is free for people that work here to, to go in and hit. But when there's a, a really hot racket, it's like, dang it, where is that thing? It's always on court with someone. And totally. You, you know, if you're going out to to play, not at the T Dub court, but you're going outside to hit or something, um, yeah, that can be tough to get them. Yeah, and I have to say for the DB26 playtest, we were lucky that we had a bunch of hitters and I'm pretty sure I've hit with every single hitter and I have like three in my bag, one at home, one next to my desk. Like, sorry, if you guys can't find any, I have them all. So, <laughs> Well, if you're wondering who's putting most of the wear and tear on the tip and the paint strip on some of those rackets. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks, you guys, so much for joining and going through our nostalgia and talking about these fun rackets. Um, anything else to add? I'm good. Let's go play some tennis. Yeah, I was going to say, I know all of us actually have some court time. So we're going to wrap this up. Thanks, you guys, for listening. If you have any questions about these rackets or how to get your hands on them, feel free to reach out to us or check our website at tenniswarehouse.com. Thanks for listening and happy hitting. 
Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.